2: Tom Bernard Show with
0: co host Catherine Brandt,
2: Andy Brandt Bernard,
0: and Cassie Schrader.
2: We'll be right back. Kick things off. Tom Bernard Show.
3: Join us every Thursday at 2 o'clock Central for
2: our newest podcast, Car Selling Secrets. It'll be co-hosted by me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal from Walzer Automotive Group. We'll be talking about lots of stuff relating to how dealership sales actually work, as well as the latest product updates from nearly every make sold in the USA. If you have questions for the podcast, either email doug at Walzer.com or call the studio live at 952-800-1492. Uh, Why are we going to Kathmandu? Because
4: I want to get West out of Minnesota.
2: Well, oh, just oh. let me get out of here.
4: I know. I'm excited to go to Key West with the KQ people. Yep. Wendy Rodewald is like ready to pee herself a little. She's so excited. <laughs> oh, no, I've
2: seen her do it. I've seen her do it before, so you
4: know. I know. When she gets excited, it's just pee all over the place.
2: It <laughs> all works out in the end. Life will be grand. That's all I, I have to say.
4: Weather is going to be low 80s, high 70s, and sunny thus far.
2: Precisely. Yay. That's all I have to say is precisely.
4: So those people that didn't sign up for the KQ trip, you might want to think about it next what
2: year. What the hell's wrong with you? I know. That's all I have to say. No, it'll be good. It'll be a, a great time. Yes. Um, to be had down there, looking forward to it. No question about it. Uh, we're doing the shows on Monday and Tuesday from Key West. There is no morning show on Wednesday. Excuse me. And then uh, Thursday is going to be kind of a skeleton crew. It'll be yep. Jeff Passault and Michelle Tafoya and me. Because
4: most of everybody gets in at like 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Right. On Wednesday.
2: I think that's exactly right. So yeah, we'll be well, we'll work it out. No, on Thursday I think they get it. Oh
4: Thursday, it, yeah. oh oh. Yeah. Well, they could just stay <laughs> up and do the show. I mean,
2: soldier oh, I don't on, think soldier on, people. I don't think they're going to be doing that necessarily. No. But that's so
4: just, who from the show is going down to Key West?
2: Everybody's going except for Passelt because it sweeps, you know, in television ratings. February a big uh, news ratings oh, month, so he he's a
4: news man.
2: Dave Mordahl's doctor suggested he not come down. So he's Is his doctor
4: his neighbor <clears throat> that pretended was his doctor?
2: No, no, he's got some <laughs> health problems right now, and oh, I, hope, I hope it works out really well for him. You know, I Sorry think the world of Dave Mortal. He's a great guy, but he does have some some health problems. That oh. I guess uh, somebody was talking about it on Twitter or something. That's the only reason I even bring it up. But oh. so Dave won't be going, and Michelle won't be going either because she's a pain in the ass. That's why she <laughs> just not got gone.
4: done traveling every five. Minutes. I don't
2: care what she did. That's she her. Probably
4: problem. wants to spend some time with her children. Her
2: kids tell me they don't even like her. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: not true.
2: That is not true at all. It's a flat Michelle, out lie.
4: Michelle o- always includes me on email chains.
2: Yeah, she does. She I'm always do like
4: who does email chains anymore? <laughs> it's so cute. I'm like, oh what an email chain.
5: Aww.
2: Yeah, she does her email chains. It's all true. No question about it. Yeah. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, just a couple of things. Uh, A third guy now in Virginia has uh, revealed that he wore blackface when he was in college. Uh, Is anybody in in Virginia not worn blackface?
4: Well, you know what? Virginia is the South. It is. Number one. Number two, if any of these politicians have any skeletons in their closet, people are going to find it.
2: Yeah, or if you're a public figure at all.
4: They're digging deep. Um, You should just do the apology tour like the uh, Presidential Hopefuls did. You know, I said this back in 1974. I'm pretty sure I might have said this in 1948. You know, I mean, they just need to go and do the apology tour and... Say they'll never do it again.
2: They'll never wear blackface again as Attorney General of Virginia. That's probably a good idea. Well,
4: I'm not sure if, you know, how, how long ago is this, 25 years ago? No,
2: it was 40 years
4: ago. 40 years ago that people were aware of the problem. I'm not sure if they were. That's maybe why they did it all the time. It yeah. doesn't make it right. No. But I just don't know if going back that long ago and trying to skewer somebody is productive
2: well again it's that's not the issue it's to try to destroy people now these are all Democrats this go round, so I don't know if the Republican party's going after them or who's going after them but uh these they're all all three of them are Democrats. but so, I would point this out that once you get past Governor Northam and Lieutenant Governor and the Attorney General, the fourth person in line is a Republican so i don't know if that makes any difference or not i I have no idea but do you Apparently think if uh, a little whipped up.
4: the Democratic Party could just machine gun down all Republicans yeah, and real. all Republicans could just machine gun down every Democrat, that then they'd be happy? Do you think that would work for them?
2: Mm, probably not. I mean,
4: I it's just gotten to be just, it's absurd at this point. It is absurd, absurd at this absurd. point.
2: Uh, like, I don't know. I don't know what it's all about. This whole thing about um, this, the, I don't know. The world is a lot different than it was 40 years ago.
4: Absolutely.
2: And I'm not saying it was right when they did it then, but.
5: No. And is dressing we, up like
2: we... your favorite rapper
5: really. Like, is that a national emergency? Because that's what he did. Yeah, he was doing uh, Michael Jackson. He's not a rapper, but Michael Jackson. He said rapper, well, like Curtis something, some guy I've never heard of. Uh, Curtis. One, uh, one time I was. Uh, Ow, Judy. Curtis Blow.
2: Curtis Blow. I love Curtis Blow.
5: Apparently he was dressing like Curtis Blow. <clears throat> Who was? The
2: Virginia guy. Which Virginia guy? There were three of them. The Or two white guys that that um, admit to doing blackface. Let's see. Mark Herring. Is that the Attorney General? I think, yes, I think that's the Attorney yes,
5: General. General. But it's like Indeed, I just he, don't yeah, understand just how, how that's such a problem. Forty years ago okay. someone dressed up as his favorite rapper. Let's all yeah, 20, vomit blood in a rage.
4: Twenty years ago or longer, I went out with a bunch of friends for Halloween. I was Cindy Lauper. I uh, somebody was um, Tina, Tina Turner, Turner. I love Tina and Turner. And she put on a little bit darker eye uh, makeup. Eye makeup? No, just makeup.
2: Yeah, but just it a, a little bit face. like Tan. It was, no she wasn't black going
4: blackface but she was trying to <laughs> you know have people know that she was Tina Turner now is that is that wrong I would say a lot of people would say yes well
2: the problem you're going to have with all of this stuff is and I'm not offended by this at all but Eddie Murphy did whiteface uh uh, Dave Chappelle did Whiteface. The Wayans brothers have done Whiteface, and I know it doesn't directly compare because no. there was a, there was a, the the slave culture, and, and that, and the white people were on the, certainly the wrong side of that. Um, but I I don't know. I, I just I would like to meet someone out there who's never made a really stupid mistake in their life, thinking they were just having fun. <laughs> And not what the consequences would be eighty or excuse me, forty years later. Yeah, or how about someone who
5: hasn't committed a crime that isn't illegal now, but will be in four decades.
2: Well, because that's that's basically
5: what he did. You're right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean look,
5: I I, I'm just so sick of people obsessing over the dumbest little things. It's like why aren't you if you care that much, why aren't you in a soup kitchen or something? You spend eight hours a day tweeting about some attorney general's college performance, but who are you really helping? Go help someone. There's a guy,
2: apparently. Exactly. There's a guy out there right now, and I don't know who it is, and I don't care who it is or whatever, but he's uh, he's notified the station he's coming after me because I'm a racist. Of course. Yeah. What did you do now? uh, Apparently hiring... are, are causing to be hired of, of, of four black people. That uh, that's a very racist thing to do, an anti-black person thing to do. Uh, you might want to ask those four about that, but uh, that's just me. Point four. You know. I know of two. <clears throat> well, you got J. B. Mm-hmm. You got you got Tevin Pittman, who's a pain in the ass. By the way, let me point that out. Not only wait, he's been but hired, but he's a pain in the ass. Well, yeah, I mean he. he Okay, well, invited to the show, hired, whatever. Some people get paid and become whatever. a regular. But in a way, he pays. But, you know, in a well, he he promotes you know his his podcast, the uh, Profession Confession, which is a very good show. That's true. I don't mind that. Philip Wise has been Philip mm-hmm. Wise. By the way, is the one who decided to come on the morning show. I didn't. Well, I don't hire and fire people anyway, but I could recommend people to be hired. Uh, that wasn't necessary because when all this went down all those years ago, Philip came to me and said, uh, I hate the way they're talking about you. I'm going to come on your show from now on. And he did. And he came on and defended me. Uh, I don't think Philip Wise is necessarily leaning honky, if you know what I'm no, saying. No. Yeah. Philip is a very pl- a proud black man, and he, you know, it, as he should be. Uh, but he he is a dear old friend of mine. And he defended me and said, this is all a lie. It's a flat-out lie. JB has defended me forever. I think what a lot of people are uncomfortable with is I can very comfortably talk about relationships and friendships with black people or, or Spanish people or Asian people or Native Americans, and they don't like that. Me being so comfortable talking about people of color really bothers these honkies. And it's, all, it's always white people, by the way. It's always white people going after me for this. Which, I don't really understand, how the hell do you know what racism even is, unless you're a racist, of course. Right? It's just, we're in that time. I go through this, I literally go through this about every ten years, and here it comes again. And good luck to you. That's all I'm saying. It just I don't know why people why people just want to destroy someone else's life. I will never understand.
4: Well, it gives them a sense of power. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. This is, you know, never before has just, you know, the common person just walking around with a normal job been yeah. able to jump yeah. on a bandwagon right. and right. say it's exactly what it is. and try to spread hate and violence.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's... I well, am very people have proud always been
5: doing that, that. I mean...
4: But, not, I mean, it's a lot easier now.
5: Lynchings and so witch trials and all that kind oh, yeah, of thing. Yeah, doing that forever. But yeah. Yeah. this is the... Yeah, this is basically the new version of the witch trial. People feel powerful because they have the mob behind them, and they can target literally whoever they want. It doesn't... As long as they don't like the person, they can just say, oh, this person did this, and they have to prove that they didn't, even though that's not how justice is supposed to
2: work. That's exactly it so you know we keep moving forward and, and I am I'm very very proud to be the first big morning show in America that that had three full and we still have three full-time women on the show we have uh, two black people on the show we have uh, there were three Jews on the show at the same time I was like the only straight ahead honky on the show I think uh, because standard you got, white man you got Tony <laughs> Lee who's a Jew you got Mark Rosen who's a Jew. You got John Lassman, who's Jewish. You got Philip. I mean, you go down the list. It's, you know, Philip and JB on the show. Uh, You know, the women. You know the women throughout the years. We started with Lee Volsvik, and and now we're with uh, Candace and Brittany and Michelle. And if you don't think it's a pain in the ass working with those three, (laughs) let me just point this out to you. You know. So I I don't know why everybody wants so badly to, to... well, you know, it's, if you succeed in America, there are going to be a whole gaggle of people who want to burn you to the ground because you succeeded and they didn't. That's a huge problem we have in America right now. If you failed, then uh, you have to come after someone else who succeeded.
4: It's right? the fun for the whole family.
2: Oh, Joe from Louisville's right. Dan Colhane. Dan, Tom and Dan, Dan Culhane was the other honky. It was, oh yeah. Dan Culhane and I me, mean, we were just talking about him this morning. Uh, we ran a spot. Dan Culhane is one of the nicest people you ever nice want to meet. Very nice guy. a great guy. Mm-hmm. He's got a great voiceover career. He's still in radio. Uh, but yeah, so Dan Culhane was, was the was the person.
4: Very even keel <clears throat> for a radio
2: guy. Oh God, Dan is about as even keel as they get. <laughs> well, so is Tony Lee, actually. See, that's the thing, and I don't spend enough time talking about this, I don't think. How much I loved working with Mark Rosen, but they yanked him off the show. How I loved working with Tony Lee, but, I don't know, management couldn't come to an agreement. And and he told me later on the divide between what he wanted and what they offered. I can't believe it, and it's not my business to tell you, but it's basically, um, you know. Lunch money? About four tickets to a Twins game. I mean, it's, it really? was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. God. You know, all this different stuff. It's just, it's an amazing situation.
4: Well, there has to be something <clears> nice <throat> about having a normal job that you don't have to sit there and worry about ratings every five minutes, too.
2: Well, not, yeah, it this is, is every a five very minutes. yeah.
4: I mean, this is a very stressful
1: job.
2: It is have. every five minutes. There's no question. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that, that if somebody says something, I'm going to have to answer for that. Because I do tell the people on the show, I don't tell them what to do except for... Don't embarrass me. You know, don't be going after each other in public. Don't be, you know, pissing and moaning and getting drunk at promotions and acting like a jag, a jag- off, as Joe Montana would say. But, yeah, I just, that's all I'm asking. Just don't do those kinds of things, and then we'll be good to go. Um, so there, there are always going to be people who think I'm the worst human being on Earth, but they just, once again, I didn't even finish high school. I went to college for one day. I got lucky and got to know, you know, Look, I understand how lucky I got just walking into the situations I walked into. It's not just look at me and how wonderful I am. I got very, very lucky. But some people can't deal with that. They just cannot deal with the fact that I got lucky and they didn't. Well, I didn't harm you. It's not my fault. And there's a possibility you're a loser with no talent. That's a possibility, too, don't you think? Oh, thanks for jumping under my side. (laughs) Okay, Cassie, I heard you. What, you got a muzzle on today?
0: (laughs) No, I'm just busy going through messages. She said she she put up some uh, news
4: stories
2: stories on the calendar. She's a disaster, let's be honest. Cassie, I know. I know. It's amazing. Does Dave have to put up with a lot of that, people being mad at him because he, he succeeds?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, he he deals with, uh, I mean, it's like some ridiculous, some of the things he gets from people and it's just like, you know, you, he puts out a product that you guys want and yet you complain about it and and think you have this, (laughs) um, overlording opinion and it's going to sway him either way. I mean, it's, uh, I see his emails, trust me.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It, it, and it's everybody. It's all public figures, whether, you know, mm-hmm. they're a big movie star or a local radio guy or a reporter on a TV station or whatever. It's just people like to go after public figures. Uh, and, and by the way, the one bit of warning I would give to to people doing something like that, you're only going to make the show bigger. Yeah, because our show didn't completely explode until you people started trying to go after me and get me fired. That's what blew the show up through the roof. So keep it up. I could, you know, anybody could use a little boost, so, you know, fire away, bitches. I said bitches. Do you hear me? We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking
3: Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future.
2: Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. I still never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't like (laughs) Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender? Tom here. Over the years, you've heard me go on and on about my eyes and how great I've been treated by the folks over at Whiting Clinic. Well, it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States and the trusted LASIK provider around these parts. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts that they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes just like I did. For a limited time, mention my name and receive an additional $300 off your LASIK. That's $300 off Whiting Clinic's already low price for LASIK. Trust your eyes to Twin Cities LASIK experts. Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Visit whitingclinic.com or call 855 554 and don't forget to tell them Tom sent you.
3: Offer expires March 31st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers.
2: Ooh, I love this song. Marvin Gaye, ladies and gentlemen. One of my favorites of all time. I figure yeah, skated
0: I to this as a California raisin. <laughs> oh sure, yes.
2: Oh, oh absolutely. That
0: might be racist. Yeah, that that yeah, was dressed a fun. Up as a raisin? Yeah, I was dressed up as a Way big California raisin. So um, that was fun to skate in. I can tell you that. Well, mm. if he fell, a little you know, hot. It was so bulky. I my mom had it made, and it was, it looked fantastic. It looked great, and she made my skates look like saddle shoes. And I had a big sequin oh. bow tie and. It was fine. See how cool that oh, raisins, is? Raisins,
5: oh, raisins. Oh, raisins, raisin, oh, raisins. Raisins, raisins. I like it. I skated it for a for me. little bit, but. Oh, did you? Never like, you know, performing.
4: Not not figure skating.
2: <clears throat> I. All right, full disclosure I took uh, an international title what? skating. People don't this? realize this.
4: I've never heard of this.
2: Uh, here's the deal. Um... I was named the worst skater of all time in the world. So you know I can't
4: believe you ever put skates on your
2: feet. I can't either I mean, it was <laughs> a huge mistake, You're
4: not really uh, I got you to rollerblade once.
2: Yes, I rollerbladed once
4: Once I got you to ski for Only about a half of a season.
2: I went uh, roller skating once with your mom, and I, as brakes, I used the grass.
4: I do that, too. I'm a terrible roller blader.
2: I did. Were I'm, you I'm,
4: graceful? I don't like the fact that you can't yeah, stop.
2: Oh, oh there's <laughs> nothing but grace on skates for me. Ice <laughs> skates or roller skates. doesn't matter.
4: Yeah, because skates make sense because you can just go off to the side and use the edge to stop. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you can stop quickly in in ice skates, but rollerblades—it's hard use, Yeah, I, you, I don't the, know how to stop.
5: The uh, little brakes on the back are basically useless. You have to They're learn useless. how to time yourself you before dr- you
0: hit. <laughs> you drag
5: you, one of your feet behind the other sideways. Yeah, that's a, yeah, to slow down. that's a be- that's a oh, better way yeah, to stop. Yeah. Or you learn how to do like this little swerve thing. But yeah, no, it's. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the snow plow won't work? <laughs> no. I mean, snow it will. be a crossover.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, if you want your feet to go break, I guess. You <laughs> break your legs. You want I'm to gonna break, break both your, your legs. legs.
2: That would work. That magnificent. Splinter's Billionaires Inbox offers a new look at how the other half lives and its most recent dive is quite the eye opener. The news outlet got its hands on what the New York Times calls a cache of racist emails both oh sent God. and received by Joe Ricketts, whose family owns the Chicago Cubs and Wrigley Field. Many of the emails from between 2009 and 2013 centered on then-President Obama and conspiracy conspiracy theories about him, including the false claim that he's a Muslim, he's actually Christian. In one email sent in May 2012 to someone identified as S. V. Ricketts goes directly after Islam itself, writing, "Christians and Jews can have a multiple respect, uh, respect, uh, mutual, excuse me, respect for each other, to create a civil society. As you know, Islam cannot do that. Muslims are naturally my slash our enemy." Other topics include the alleged assault on Christianity, Obama's alleged assault on Christianity. I'm saying it's mm, pretty much yeah. beyond alleged. <clears throat> Obama's alleged pass is a drug mule. I've never heard what? that one. Hmm. I've never heard anybody claim that Obama was Good a drug Lord. mule.
5: Oh, I, no what matter, next? every president has had literally everything levied at them, no matter what it yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure there's yeah, a conspiracy right. that Donald Trump is controlling the Muppets for the for monetary gain or something.
2: Yeah, insane. absolutely. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he also claims that Obama is a racist. His racism against white people—it's kind of tough because his mother's white. So I don't know how you can be racist against white people when you're—maybe he doesn't like his mother, but last I I heard, he,
5: I know plenty of white people who hate white
2: people. So that doesn't really mean well, anything. He, yeah, you got especially if you're a white man right now. You're the bad guy of the <clears throat> earth, apparently. The Times notes that both Major League Baseball and the Cubs, including members of his own family, are distancing themselves from Ricketts. While many of the emails were not written by Mr. Ricketts, the content is extremely offensive and completely at odds with the values and principles of Major League Baseball, a statement from the league noted. Meanwhile, Cubs chair Tom Ricketts, one of Ricketts' sons, issued a statement that called the emails racially insensitive and noted, quote, let me be clear. The language and views expressed in those emails have no place in our society. He added that his father has a no hand in the team's operation. On his website, Ricketts offered his own apology, saying he received emails that I should have condemned and said things that don't reflect my value system. I strongly believe that bigoted ideas are wrong. So that's good. I'm, I'm glad. He, he so Why did out he want to come say that say, yeah. was racist? Uh,
5: he doesn't he like Obama, that,
2: but, but that's not hating, hating the president like is Obama, pretty...
5: pretty passe at this yeah, point exactly. he Call doesn't it, like he Islam, Islam but Islam is also yeah. not
2: a race well and Islam does you know not everybody obviously but all the religions attack one another yeah. they do constantly I don't know what the hell I don't know what to tell you but I, I just uh, I, I'd probably want to stay away from you know things like you know who's a what yeah just it just makes no sense you know what I mean you just don't need it right
4: I've got some breaking news.
2: What's the breaking news?
4: Uh, An emoji for small penis is coming out in the fall.
2: Small penis? That can't be real.
0: (laughs) It's true. Is that an onion story? An emoji
2: for small penis. (laughs) That's
0: what it said.
2: By the way, I want everyone out there in, in the listener land to note that she looked away from me when she said that. So that was good.
4: Search did
2: you for do that by small accent? penis.
4: Wait. Oh, could, gee, really? See, <laughs> Daily Mail Online. Tiny penis hand gesture will be one of 270 new emojis due to be released on all phones later this year. Oh, great. Okay. What's the See? phone number?
2: Eight hundred fourteen ninety two. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what's the What's the is it, What's the area code? Nine five two. If you've ever sat about four feet from your wife while she started looking at pictures of and talking about penises, let me know. I'd love to hear it. Well, no, the emoji
5: is uh, like you put your two fingers close together to indicate something is small. And, of course, it's the news, so they go right for penises. Well, you know what they
0: use for an emoji now for a penis? Eggplant? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's eggplant.
5: Isn't that racist? I don't know how... Isn't that
0: racist? I didn't get on that bandwagon. (laughs) I didn't.
5: Well, Well, it's like...
0: (laughs) I'll start.
4: How unfamiliar with human
5: anatomy are you that those two look similar?
0: I mean, a cucumber makes more sense than an eggplant. Eggplant, yeah. (laughs) Or a banana.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. Um. Yeah, I'd be careful of those people out there uh, using the eggplant thing because that could be considered racist. Because yes. mm-hmm. certain cultures in in Western Europe referred to black people back in the day as eggplants.
0: <clears throat> oh, really?
2: So I'd be very, very care- well. Yeah, it's uh, melanzan. They and they there was a Sicilian version. You of You mean mullignon? Yeah, mullignon is how Sicilians would say it. And they oh. started referring to black people in that way. So I'd, I'd watch what I'm saying about eggplants, you know, and penises and all the rest of it. You know what I'm saying.
5: Oh, I didn't know melanzan was the actual name for
2: eggplant. Yeah, melanzan is the actual name for an eggplant in, in Italy. Interesting. They, yeah, he went with Molignon, Sicily is uh, so stuff. weird the way they did that.
5: It's kind of separated into their own country. The little, yeah, the like, they pronounce things in a way
2: that does, does not make any sense whatsoever. No, that is true. There are a lot of languages that do that, actually. Yeah, that's true. A lot of languages love to throw it out there, and they just, uh, I'm going to change this completely whether you like it or not. Um, Yeah, so I, like I said, I, I, I don't worry about this stuff too much. Everybody's pissed off at everybody, and everybody's going to end their careers, and everybody's going to, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep plugging away and, you know... I literally have since 1986 when I took this job, starting in 1986 there was there has always been some group out there that was going to quote end my career. I've been putting up with it now for thirty four years or it'll start on thirty four years on april so it's it's thirty three years actually I'm used to it whatever if if you were if there was anything to find on me, you'd have found it by now thirty three years unless you're really suck at research
4: well. They can also just start making
2: stuff up. Yes, they can. Well, they've already done that, too. Yeah, that, that's happened. But, you know, and I, I don't mean to make that a, this about me. I just mean my own personal experience going through all this stuff is these people are psycho. And I usually find out whether it's a, a woman who's turned on me or a man who's turned on me. It's because of their love interest. They weren't going to get any uh, of the action unless they turned on me. So basically, I'm a good tool for, for I just called myself a tool. Did you hear that?
4: Mm-hmm. You said it. I didn't. Thank you, honey. You're
2: welcome. It's great, great talking. <laughs> you. There's no question about it. There's no greater.
4: Nothing but support. Greater
2: experience. Yeah, I, I just, if I were everybody, I would just calm down and treat. Why don't you, we do this. And I've, I've suggested this a billion times. Why don't we just treat everybody as an individual, doesn't matter what their sex is, their orientation is, their color is, their religion is. Let's treat everybody as an individual and not judge entire nations based on one person's behavior.
4: But we don't want to.
2: <laughs> yeah, they don't want to. That's true. That is very, very true. Well, that's where tri- you know, it,
0: tribalism comes into play because people want to be grouped no into a group yep. and be labeled. and. <laughs> but, the, but then remember. they want to be individuals. I don't get it can't
5: have both they want to have both though they want the safety yes. of the tribe but the yeah yep. specialness and importance of
0: Individualism. Uh, being
2: unique yeah but mm-hmm. you yeah. you can't do both no well i the only one time in the history of people making horrible statements like that have i agreed with them flat out and i do agree with them when the mayor on Blazing Saddle said, we don't want the Irish. <laughs> I jumped right in.
0: I'm offended. I'm Irish. Irish.
2: <laughs> but you know what's so great about that joke? And people do not get that joke. They think it's funny, but not for the right reason. Mm-hmm. The reason that Richard Pryor wrote that in there, Mel Brooks and Richard Pryor, Mel Brooks did the original take on it. And then he had, he had Richard Pryor you know, punch it up. Richard Pryor, my favorite <laughs> comedian of all time. Brilliant man the reason he said we'll take the the chinese and the blacks they didn't use those terms but he said we'll take the blacks and the chinese but we don't want the irish is because when the blazing saddles took place in that in that era the irish were the brand new immigrants to america it was a mm-hmm. brilliant joke that nobody got yeah i mean that's that's brilliant it is you go after the current latest immigrants and hate them yeah <laughs> Richard Pryor was—he was amazing. What a what a talent.
0: Well, that's what we're dealing. Yeah, that's what we're dealing with today. I mean, we have the um, the immigration problem that we have, and you know, if you say anything, you're obviously you know being offensive towards that group, and you know, especially with the whole border wall coming, you know, trying to get put into sure, place and sure. all this stuff. So yeah, I mean, that's the new group that's coming in that people are making fun of and it's in the news constantly. So we went from It is. the across the pond to south of the border, I guess.
2: Oh god, I know you sent me that story about that uh that suitcase in Greenwich, Connecticut, Catherine. You believe this? No. They found uh in Greenwich, Connecticut, which is a very upscale community in Connecticut. It's kind of like a Yeah. Greenwich, New Canaan, that whole deal, very, very high tone, beautiful, beautiful areas. I mean, my God, the topography is just, it's beautiful. But they found uh, in a ditch in Greenwich, Connecticut, they found a suitcase, and they opened the suitcase and found a dismembered woman inside.
4: Oh, my God.
2: That's, I mean, that is, uh, Hmm. that's got to be pretty shocking in Greenwich, Connecticut. Nothing ever goes wrong in Greenwich, Connecticut. But I, I, did, I You want to talk about racist comments? We uh, Catherine and I, you know, used to go to New Canaan about once a year for a while there, because you know, uh, Mitch Dolan was uh, was living there at the time in New Canaan, Connecticut, and Brian Williams, yes, the the. Former NBC news anchor. He now is an MSNBC news anchor, but he got he got fired for making up a story about taking gunfire or something in yeah. Afghanistan. I don't know what it was. He said like he was there. like yeah. in a
5: helicopter taking fire or something. Yeah, yeah. Which yes, which never happened.
2: I will tell you this: one of the nicest men I've ever met in my entire life. Brian Williams is a really nice guy, really good guy, and he actually does care about everyone. I don't know why the hell he did that. I was, why did you do it, Brian? And, again, I don't Probably know that I would have fired better. him for that.
4: Probably made the story better. Why did they
2: fire him for that? There's no reason to fire him for that. Well, because, did he have a like, history yeah. of doing that, though? Maybe he did it multiple times. Maybe. So. Maybe he did. I don't know. It, it just. But, uh, yeah, we would go up there, and there was a malt shop. Remember that great malt shop on the main main mm-hmm. street right there, Catherine? Yeah. We, we went in there.
4: Very pretty area.
2: And I was talking to some, some townspeople about this, not Brian Williams nor... Uh, Mitch Dolan, but I was talking to some townspeople about it and I said, man are there any minorities that live here? And they said, no, no minorities live in in New Canaan. I said, really? They said, yeah, it just doesn't happen. It's not that we're trying to keep anybody out, it just doesn't happen. So I'm like, okay, well and the woman brings out the the malts we had ordered and she was uh, Spanish or Hispanic, she may have been Mexican, she may have been Spanish, she may have been any number of things but the, the, an Hispanic uh, person and I said well what about her and the guy said she doesn't live here oh, gosh. <laughs> I will never forget that as long and that was only what about 10 years ago
4: oh, it was at least 10 years ago
2: Nah, maybe it was longer than that you're right we shall be back we have a special guest coming up in just a couple of minutes here Tom Bernard show Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Junior Walker. Love Junior Walker. Well, I
5: did some uh, reading, and apparently Brian has a bit of a history for making things up.
2: Oh, does he really? Brian, what are you doing? I don't know. Nicest guy in the world. Could not have been a nicer guy. And he is I haven't talked to him now in quite a while cuz I didn't want to reach out to him when he was going through this whole thing when your your yeah. whole career blows up on you. I didn't want to bother him but but uh, I got to reach out to him one of these days. But he was such a nice man. But why why does is there any indication of why he feels he needs to make up stories?
5: No, but it's a oh, lot of people are just they compulsively what? well, you kind of do You're sometimes. Just... <laughs> no, I
2: like what? Name one story. You, I mean. you embellish, embellish stories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean it when I say I love you both. <laughs> it's not embellishing. Yeah, I
4: mean, you know, I, I think that that's kind of, you know, it's like I'm sitting down writing a story. It's like how to make
2: it better. Well, yeah. how to make it more interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. I think
5: everyone embellishes, but the difference is he did it well on the news. So you, yeah, can't, you can't do You that. can't do that. We so have, he
2: actually was in Vietnam or whatever? Uh, no, it wasn't Vietnam. Afghanistan,
5: I think? Uh, well, he sure was he in covered, a helicopter, he just... but he said that... Well, first he said that his helicopter hit, got hit by an RPG, which right, didn't happen. Right, I remember that. Then he yeah. said that the helicopter in front of him got hit by an RPG, which also didn't happen. Oh, and then he no. said yes, that he an r- too far. a rocket doing? narrowly missed his helicopter, which also didn't... So he just kept on, like, kind of... moving toward the truth, but he still was... I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. He just wanted to make it interesting. Yes,
2: yes. Dr. Dr. Ross Swain, ready to go? Dr. Deborah Ross Swain, how are you today?
1: I'm good. How are you?
2: Doing marvelously well. Just talking about some... uh, Brian Williams, the, the, the NBC anchor... Uh, oh, yeah. Now MSNBC anchor is a family friend, and we we're just talking about why why he would have. I don't know why he made up those stories, which got him moved over to MSNBC, he lost his anchor job yeah. at NBC. But there was the no, nicest guy in the world. Could not meet a nicer man that actually cared about other people. I mean, the whole shoot and match. But we just wonder sometimes why people have to have to really now embellishing things and making things up is completely different.
5: Yeah. Yes. Well, oh, he right. are right, right. embellishing this. Because he was in the helicopter in the Iraq War, and they did well, land because they got that's they true. received the small arms fire, but he embellished it to an RPG hit, which is
1: right.
5: Quite the embellishment, but
2: right. That's quite the embellishment. Yes. Doctor Deborah Ross Swain, Confidence, Enjoy, Success Strategies for Kids with Learning Differences: A Step-by-Step Guidebook for Parents and Professionals. You know, I'm I'm very happy you. I've never seen Learning Differences before. Because oh, in my lifetime... So
4: great talking was, about this.
2: Yeah. Uh, Dr. Ross Wayne, I was born in 1951, so it was... we. And, and, and again, these are offensive words, but they were the words that were used back then. Uh, Retarded was mm-hmm. a word that they used to yeah. say about people back in the day. And then it was uh, um, learning disabilities. And then it was learning... There were all these different things... Um, but learning differences, I like that. did you come up with that with that term?
1: Well, not really. I mean I, I've used that term forever when I'm working with my clients, but I, I certainly didn't trademark it per se, but mm-hmm. yeah. I make the distinction because disorders, learning disorders and learning disability um, right th- those are disempowering terms and they're isolating terms and they're marginalizing terms, and I'm not talking about children that have frank, overt problems. We're talking about ordinary kids who just struggle in school and they just have a different way of learning. They can learn, right? right. But it's just right. a different way. <clears throat>
4: So I,
2: think it, I, I like the term though. Learning differences makes yeah. makes sense to me.
4: Well, we had kids with learning differences. Andy, our son, who's on the podcast right now, he was a very early reader, and um, it put him kind of at a disadvantage because he became bored in school.
3: Yes, and, I did.
4: Um, Yeah, and you know, and and he was also uh, kind of a he was a visual learner, so to sit in think. a classroom and listen. To a teacher drone on and on drove him crazy. Right. You know, and then Alex, our daughter, she um, had trouble with spelling Mm -hmm.
5: and with reading. She couldn't spell for the Uh, longest time.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And it just caused her great anxiety because of of, uh, time testing. I mean, as soon as they, you know, the teacher, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, uh, this would have been very helpful to me, I think, as a mom back in those days.
1: So you're, um, you're, both of your kids are perfect examples of a learning difference. Right. Perfect.
2: Yeah. yeah okay. It's not a disability or, or anything like that. Not at uh-uh. all. It's just it's di- different. Um, very quickly, I will throw in that I, that I quit high school in 10th grade because we were going through a period back then where everyone in class had to wait for everyone to mm. finish, finish an assignment. So some of us would be sitting—literally at times, Dr. Ross-Wayne, we would sit there for two or three days with nothing to do, waiting for a few other oh people to catch up. It yeah. was unbelievable. Wow. It was a horrible way to handle a situation because you're just building resentment up on the kids who who had learning differences. Yeah. You know, but but the question I do have for you, Dr. Ross-Wayne, is— yeah. um, Learning differences could cover people who have difficulties, but also people who are very intelligent and therefore maybe, I don't know, socially awkward. So it covers all those areas, I would assume, right?
1: You're absolutely correct. Because when you have a learning difference, it's going to affect not only academics, but it's going to affect social interactions as well. Lots Mm -hmm. of folks with learning differences can't, navigate the social network they don't get social cues so there's that awkwardness that that leeches over into that area as well and then if they have difficulty in social relationships they're going to have feelings of being isolated and not being part of a good social network they spend a lot of time alone which is often a joy and confidence robber
2: Yeah.
4: Oh, absolutely, I think that this book is very time. Is, is there are, are there strides in public schools to help, or it's, I'm, not, I'm sure that's why you wrote the book. But is there, are there things that you can do now with the school? I mean, it used to just be so rigid and so awful and so hard to deal with everything that you just wanted to cry whenever your kid had a problem right. in school.
1: Well, we're working on it, and the thing is, is public, <laughs> <you> education. <laughs> public education was developed to educate masses of people, and everybody was, is kind of taught one way, and they, they do try to make adjustments, but for the most part, these children with learning differences go to school, do the same thing day after day. They, they're not feeling successful. And so Mm -hmm. then they lose their confidence with learning, they lose their happiness, and then you mentioned anxiety, a lot of children then become anxious about going to school, they don't want to go to school because they don't want to fail again, they don't want to look different than their peers again, so we have to work very hard to help them experience success with learning however it is, so that they can feel confident about learning. Otherwise, a lot of these kids, they just give up. They're educationally and learning defeated, and they're thinking, like, why try? I, I can't get it anyway, kind of thing. Yeah, Such a waste of potential. Mm. Right, exactly. Yeah, every child can learn, and every child really wants to succeed, and it's up to us as parents, and professionals to get our children from little people to big people with confidence and joy in their hearts, and then they can go off and be successful, and then be successful adults.
2: Why should they be happy? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, oh, that's funny. <laughs> I will tell you this: I went to school with a couple of people who were very, very smart, and they had learning difficulties because they. Did not have the patience nor understanding why can't you understand this problem? And they would get very angry and get, because they were so frustrated because for them it was mm-hmm. quite easy. But they didn't know because we're talking about kids in 6th grade, 7th grade, all the way up through 10th grade that had, had trouble learning in school because they didn't understand why the, the rest of us couldn't get it as quickly as they did. So that's a problem, right. too.
1: Sure, sure. It is because learning difference just means that, that you are different mm-hmm. in the way that you learn. It doesn't mean wrong. It doesn't mean special. It doesn't mean disabled or disordered. It I just love it. means I love it. different.
2: See, that's and the whole thing that I really love. We have to do a like. better job. Yeah, you're right. Yes. We do have to do a better job because that whole special thing I don't know who came up with that term, but, that oh, they're special. Because then everybody started making fun of the word special, if yep. you remember. Correct. Uh, as soon as they started calling children special needs or special children or whatever, all of a sudden you would see comedians and Saturday Night Live going, oh, aren't you special? Well, that's and how it always like, works. special. When, whenever you come yeah. up with
5: a new term, yeah. it becomes the new thing to make fun of. Yeah.
4: yeah. Pretty much true. Yeah. Labeling kids is not productive either.
5: No.
1: Well, and and, in it, yeah, go ahead.
2: Sorry. No, I'd rather hear your point, and then I'll make my point afterward. It'll be great. That's wonderful. Go ahead.
1: No, it's just, it's too easy. It's too easy to, for these struggling different learners to feel, quote, different amongst their peers. And Mm -hmm. once that happens, wow, out the window goes confidence, out the window goes happiness right away
2: that's exactly right and that that's what it's all about I, I, I just uh and the problem is that you have you have teenagers or children 11 12 13 whatever you know from 11 to 19 let's say or 11 to 18 because that's when you get out of high school usually 17 or 18 but if you mm-hmm. make a mistake. That's the age group that's going to ridicule the hell out of you for doing it because they're not comfortable in their own skin. So that also exacerbates the situation because I do remember one time we were all told to stand up and read a paragraph from a book. And I stood up and, and one of the things was about Abraham Lincoln playing with other children, and he was the tallest by far, and there was a deer head over the school uh, schoolhouse door, and the kids started chanting, Abe can't touch the deer head, and that's exactly how I read it. People started laughing like there was no... They thought it was hilarious, but I said, it well, it's just interpretation. That's I'm assuming that's the way they said it. So I said it the way they would say it. People had no idea what the hell I was talking about. But that, everybody else went, ta-da, 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 that they always did that whole deal. And then the kid after me, it got even worse because he read a paragraph from a book about Australia and he referred to the native Aborigines. <laughs> so, oh, Aborigines. Oh, no. yeah. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. So yes. they, they let him up for that, too. But it's just that, uh, you know, you've never seen the word before. and uh, I don't know. That does that does that cause even further problems the fact that these children are immature and they don't don't reason well. So it makes it even worse if you have learning differences because they're going to ridicule the hell out of you whether it's the upside, downside, whatever it is, you're they're going to make fun of you and that's that's how it is, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. And you know, middle school and high school are already difficult. <laughs> and you throw yes. into it something like this and it's tough and the longer that a child struggles by the time they've been struggling all this time and they reach middle and high school they're like petrified of being mm-hmm. different in the face of their peers and then when they have to read aloud and like your example That that should never happen because people should be aware that that child struggles with reading or struggles with spelling or struggles with, with, they should not have to put a child in that environment because I'll tell you one thing that's important for everybody to know is when a child struggles, they know they're struggling and they're trying as hard as they can not to, but there's no amount of punishment, rewards, consequences to make their brain work differently doesn't work that way. So what we have to do is find a different way to teach them, a different way for them to be able to reflect how smart they are. But putting them in front of a group when they struggle with reading and make them struggle publicly is horrible. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, it really is. Um, I see on your bio here you've got these checklists and some helpful tips how to deal with learning differences um is this something that
1: anybody can do oh yeah it's it, the, the book that we wrote is really for n- parents but also professionals it's it's saying okay let's recognize yes we have a child that that is struggling okay what can we do to eliminate those struggles how can we match their teach their learning style with a teaching style that makes them successful so it's acknowledging that right up front, all the while building in strategies to build a child's confidence and joy, to remember just because they have a learning difference doesn't make them wrong, doesn't make them anything except they have a learning differences uh, difference. Introduce opportunities for them to be successful, engage them in other op, uh, outside activities to highlight their natural gifts and talents. So many of these children are super bright. They're talented in areas like in science or math. They might be talented in art or music or theater or athletics. But you've got to do that in order to balance off the struggle that they're experiencing in school and build yeah, them that... up and build, let their friends build them up too.
2: I think the whole thing is one. I really do. I think it's it's wonderful that that. And again, if if you came up with it, it's terrific. And if I just love the whole thing, confidence and joy, which is terrific. Success strategies for kids with learning differences: a step-by-step guidebook for parents and professionals. I do appreciate your time today because we're finally in a situation now where where nobody's special, nobody's not special. It's just different. Differences. Right. Good. I, I, people can deal with differences. I think much better. Don't you think?
1: Well, we're all different, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. So that's fine. It all works out. The book is available everywhere.
1: It's available on Amazon.
2: Wonderful, ladies and gentlemen, Doctor Deborah Ross Swain hyphenated R O S S hyphen. S-W-A-I-N. Dr. Ross Wayne, thank you so much for your time. I love your whole approach to this whole thing, that we are all different. Let's handle it that way. That's a terrific idea. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your time, and I really appreciate being part of your show. Have a great day. Well, it's very kind of you. Thank
2: you. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.